Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Yes, it is my favorite time of the week. I'm going to say it until I'm, it's not my favorite, which means I'm going to always say that because it is always my favorite time of the week. Being Brown at Work Live. And I know you all see a familiar face. Welcome back, Seneca Chapman. Hello, hello, hello. This is also my favorite time of the week. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, my sis. I really appreciate you. So for those of you who may not remember Seneca, I'm going to remind you who she is. Okay. So she is a certified personal and executive coach helping women rediscover their inner strength and confidence in the aftermath of workplace-related trauma. Her own journey into coaching and positive psychology began after being left emotionally broken by a pair of workplace bullies at the height of her marketing career. She went on a path to redefine her own self-worth and what it means to be successful at work. And now, as a coach, she's helped dozens of other women do the same. As coach, she helps leaders develop their own unique leadership style and create work environments that are safe and equitable. She is also the creator of an eight-week work detox program, Surviving Corporate, that helps women establish a healthy relationship with work and puts them back into the driver's seat of their careers. So now you guys all understand why I had to have her here for this topic. And we got Whitney online. Yes, hello, Whitney. Good to have you live with us. Had to have her back for this topic. Just another refresher. She was a wonderful guest last year when we talked about workplace bullying. Really gave some insight into that and how you should handle workplace bullying. So I implore you to go back into the podcast episodes, dig her up. You can also reach out to her one-on-one. And if you need a detox, Surviving corporate is your answer, okay? So, Seneca, let's just jump into this because what I wanted to do, with, and again, everyone, reminder, this year we're doing two parts, right, of a subject. So she's going to be back in a couple of weeks, first and third Tuesdays, and we're going to dig into the steps of tools and methodologies you can use, but we're going to focus tonight on making sure everybody understands what gaslighting is. So, Seneca, from your perspective, how would you describe gaslighting? Yeah, so I, I would basically describe it as any type of manipulation or psychological manipulation that really leads to you starting to question yourself. And I actually, I knew we were going to be talking about this, Linda. So I was listening to like an old soundtrack. And I don't know if anybody listening remembers that song by Shaggy, where it's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I thought, wow. 
you know, years ago, we had no idea kind of gaslighting wasn't a thing. But to listen to that song now, I'm like, this is a perfect example of somebody gaslighting you in a relationship. He's like, she saw me on the bathroom floor with the girl. And he's like, if you just say it wasn't me enough times. Oh <laughs> I love that example. I love that. I know it's funny. I know you guys are like, wait a minute, Shaggy. But what an excellent example, because that's exactly it. That's gaslighting. And it is pure psychological manipulation. Pure. <laughs> Plain and simple. I had something recently happen to me where uh, somebody that I work with said, gave me a, a clear, clear, clear statement regarding an issue. And then when we revisited it, <laughs> he tried to pretend like he never said it or that it and I was like, and I just let him talk. And I was like, wow, the psychological amnesia is amazing. Yeah. Or selective, excuse me, the selective amnesia is amazing. And so when I restated it, then he had to come, but he tried, <laughs> he tried to gaslight me. I was like, uh-uh, no, 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 we're not doing that. So yes, yeah. I mean, and it comes in, in a lot of forms. Wouldn't you agree? So they could, maybe let's give them some other examples of what it could look like in the workplace. Yeah, so it could look like, you know, questioning you, right? So you say you, in that situation, that scenario, you kind of are are making your case, particularly with us Black women in the workplace. Maybe you've mustered up the courage to say, hey, I, I, I was a little offended by that. Or can we talk about how, you know, your comments are offensive? And then the person starts to question you. Well, maybe it was mm. just you. Maybe did anybody else find it offensive, right? Mm. Or you know, they might say yes. things like, or they try to brush it off as, well, that's just you being too. That's just you being sensitive. Everybody didn't take it that way, or my comment wasn't offensive. Mm -hmm. Or you know, in the example that I like to give with my workplace scenario, when I'm saying, hey, I'm being discriminated against in a in a real raw way, and I have some some real factual evidence to back it up. Well, maybe this is leadership's approach to making you a better employee. Oh my God. Right. So so those are different examples wow. of at least how I've seen people gaslight women in the workplace. Yeah. And that last one you gave, I mean, I think I really want to dive into that one because I believe that happens more often than not. So the gaslighting shows up in a way that makes you yet yeah, question. And write, okay, well, oh, they're trying to help me. It didn't land that way. It didn't feel that way. Oh, so maybe something is wrong with how I'm approaching or how I'm thinking when there's no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. You were gaslit. Gaslight it definitely happened to you. But I love. I'm so glad you gave that example because that is how we are treated. That is the, the way the discussion flows nine mm -hmm. times out of 10 when we bring these things forward. Yeah. It's in the guise of leading you or leadership development or somehow um, what really was for your detriment is actually for it's your actually good. for your good. Yeah, it's for your good. Yeah. You know, so I, that's why it's so important for us to understand what it is. And to call a thing a thing, right? Call it what it is. Yeah. No, and I was just going to say, you know, when you say call a thing a thing, you know, we, we have this beautiful, lovely term, gaslighting, right? But it's manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I just wanted to get back to some of these, like, real raw words because gaslighting, no, it doesn't sound nice, right? It's like pouring gasoline on a fire that creates a terrible visual. But so does manipulation. Like, there's a little bit more of a visceral reaction there to that word. Yes, yes. <laughs> isn't it interesting how we pretty things up? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that is, I'm so, you know, I didn't even think about that until you just said it out loud. Because we do, we got this really fancy word, this pretty word that now everybody uses, by the way. I mean, it's used, it's used by everyone. But you're absolutely correct. It's manipulation. And it ties to what you shared last year when you were my guest for the first time, bullying. I mean, it's, it really is a form of bullying. Yeah. But the psychological manipulation, as Anika, I'd like for you to kind of delve into that because I know you work with clients around this. Mm-hmm. you know, in this space and you're, you're trained in this space of psychology. Can you share uh, the impact that that type of manipulation can have on a black and brown woman? Yeah. And, and I'm sure the impacts show up, not just in the workplace. Yeah. So, so when you think about, you know, being in it, being put in a position where you're constantly questioning your own intuition. And we talked about this a little bit last time, but when that's kind of the norm, right? So every time you raise a point, and it doesn't have to be around just the isms that exist in the workplace, but anytime you raise a point, right? Like, hey, here's, here's how we can work better, how we can innovate, how we can move faster, be better, be more productive. And you are you are being manipulated or gaslighting. I'll I'll use the word of of the of the month. You're being (laughs) gaslit constantly. Well, what that act, I mean, what that starts to do is it actually starts to erode your confidence. Yeah. yeah. And so we know what happens when we don't have confidence. Well, then you stop being you. You stop yeah. making those suggestions. And we know the implications for that as women of color in the workplace is, you know, we don't, I, I like to say, we don't always get to quit so quietly as some of our mm. It's very noticeable when we start to kind of check out and dial back. Yes, and so yes. All of those things, the, the constant eroding of your confidence causes you not to show up authentically. It causes you to stop contributing. And then you just become overall like disengaged and unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows y- your point is so, so valid because it's blaring the level that it shows. You, mm-hmm. We don't have that grace that's given to others to quit quietly or to disengage or to be Mm -hmm. overwhelmed or to be burnt out or to be suffering from the constant gaslighting, right? And the psychological manipulation, we don't have that grace. So when we we feel it and it starts to pile up day after day, week after week, month after month and so on, yes, that's exactly how it shows up. And, And we've done all this work to build the confidence, yes. to exercise the voice, to be present in the room. Yeah. Just to have somebody say, oh, it really wasn't that bad. Or I think you misunderstood. Or yeah. really, this is, you know, part of being a leader. And, you know, it makes you stronger, develops you. It, <laughs> it just, and you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. So absolutely, Seneca. Is there any other way... Uh, that it, that it impacts is it I would imagine there's some probably silent things I, you know stress is clearly one 
Yeah, stress is definitely one. Um, I think the other thing that we we fail to talk about, Linda, when we talk about the work that you and I do is, and I like to tell my ladies, there are financial implications to this, right? <laughs> because when you get to this place mm. where you don't have confidence in your own ability, right? You you don't really believe your own intuition, which we know yes. is our internal compass. That is how people get to this place of hopelessness and they end up in, in one of my programs or, or coaching with me because now you actually start to internalize all the other yes. stuff, right? And that turns into, well, maybe yes. I am too sensitive or no workplace is going to be better than this workplace or this is as good as it gets. You know, you, yes. can't, you can't escape this. This is what life is like for us sister gals in the workplace. And so you start to kind of internalize all of these thoughts that basically now you're you're sitting in this toxic work environment. And right. so there is no applying for the next job. Exactly. Right. So you exactly. even, even, if, even if you're working with a coach like Linda and Linda's going to get you back to your confidence, but it's very difficult for you to say, yes. wow, I feel like I'm not being respected or treated fairly here, but I've still got what it takes to go over there and get to that next level. And exactly. that we know has huge financial implications for us because we're already yeah. starting 63 cents on every white guy's dollar. Exactly. And then therefore we're further and further and further behind, especially when these types of actions, microaggressions, mm -hmm. psychological manipulations start to land on us and cause this ripple effect. Mm -hmm. That is so critical to make that link. And I'm so glad you did that because it causes potentially long-term negative financial impact Absolutely. because we don't have that career growth. We're not getting, we don't aspire anymore to the next level. Therefore we don't do the work necessary to get there, which is mm -hmm. what I work with all of my ladies on is doing that work, that yeah. inner work and then that outer work in order to get there. Right. Because we, we all deserve it. We're all worthy of it. That's but right. it's when we know it or we, we think we know, then we know it, but we don't know that we know. And then therefore the gaslighting comes in mm -hmm. and kills it. Mm -hmm. It just takes it straight out, takes it straight out. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's, that's, that's so, so important. And then when we think about the, the silent kind of impact, right? Stress shows yes. up in very unique ways, right? And we can, we can assign it to something else, right? Come say, oh, it's, you know, I'm stressed out because of this. Oh, I'm really not stressed. Yes, you're bound up in a ball. Yeah. You're tight, you're tense because yeah. you're in that environment of being questioned all the time. Yeah. You think you think you don't know what's really going on, therefore you get that internal ball, that mm -hmm. internal tightening, that stress. Yeah. And it's going to then impact you physically. Absolutely. It has huge uh, health implications. It has implications for your other relationships. Oh right? my gosh, because yes. and, and I think what is so unique, Linda, and I use the word workplace trauma, and I mm. know that people sometimes disassociate with that, but this is a type of trauma yes. that I'm talking about. And we oftentimes yes. will so disassociate these things that we go through at work as just regular parts of our lives that we yes. don't need to deal with, that we don't need to talk about. We can just go home and forget about it. And it's like, mm -mm. no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You're not going to go home and totally 
totally forget about it. It's not, it's going to impact home. And this is why it's so important. This is why this had to be a topic I wanted to talk about because ladies, it doesn't have to, that pendulum doesn't have to swing all the way right. to racial discrimination and somebody calls you out of your name. It doesn't have to swing all the way where, I mean, it's clearly blatant, you know, just microaggression, discrimination, but does not have to swing. That pendulum doesn't have to swing that far to either even sexual harassment or any of the harassments that we can think of that we all are like, oh, that, that, that's definitely, I mean, I, I, I see that thing and can call mm-hmm. it. It doesn't have to swing there for it to be an issue. It, it this gas it this is an issue it mm-hmm. is a major issue which is why i wanted to bring more light to it in this conversation in this being brown at work live session so that as i said earlier we can call that thing a thing and start to eradicate it call it out uncover it and make it known and then kill it because mm-hmm. we can't let some of the things that Shanika just set, shared with you impact your life that we that we we want to make sure that those things don't enter in anything you want anything else you want to offer around the fact that the pendulum doesn't have to swing that far for it to be an issue that needs to be addressed yeah no i i think you you hit it on the head and and i think what i would add to that is we often are so used to not like we're so used to experiencing gaslighting and trauma and microaggressions and all these other things that put it in the like not anything category, right? So the also, it doesn't have to be all all bad, but there also has to be a place where where we draw the line and say, yeah, these things go and go yes. in the bad category. Yes, exactly. We are, and, and you know that's that's part of us you know, um, letting go of some things I can speak for Linda that I was raised in, you know, how I was raised where, you know, some things you just don't talk about, some things just, you know, uh, sweep under the rug or it couldn't be that bad or I dealt with it. So you're okay. Uh, no, (laughs) you know, that I had to unlearn that as, as I grew and also personally, and how, as I grew in my career, I had to unlearn that. So I put a voice to things that I know were wrong that should not have taken place. There's no such thing as not talking about it and it'll go away. No. Or to put it in this little bag over here. Oh, it's not that bad. Or it's just what I have to deal with. Uh, No. Yeah. No. Clear. Absolutely clear. Which is why it's so important that that we bring these things, as I said, to the surface. Now, you know, as we think about impacts, in the workplace, we've we've really shared a I think a very good spectrum of one what it is, how it shows up, and the impacts that it has. What would you if you really just kind of raised it on a, on a on a higher level outside of the individual impact? What do you think it does in an organization? What do you think it does in a team? You know, so if we have some people, and I know I have a lot of people listening who it may not be them experiencing it. But people on their team may be bringing it forward or, you know, their leaders in the organization, they don't necessarily look like you and I, you know, Mm -hmm. what would we say to them is the impact that, you know, it has on their teams or their companies or organizations? Yeah, I would say when when I think about really why somebody would employ 
gaslighting. Why would someone in an organization employ mental psychological manipulation? And I believe as a source of control. Mm. Right? And mm. so if that person is wielding the control and the power within somewhere within your organization, mm. then then you as a leader has to think about one, is this the person that I yeah. want to be in control of the other members of my team? Yeah. And what would it look like if everybody on the team felt like they had equal authority to assert themselves, to share their ideas, to bring mm-hmm. their best self to work and just sit there for a minute. What would that look like? Is this the person that I want to be wielding power and control within my organization? And yes. what would it look like if that was not the case? Was not the case. Exactly. How much better would the team perform? How much, you know, how much growth would your organization how much or that team? How much money will we make? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what it all business. comes down to in business, right? And so if absolutely are happier absolutely. and more productive, and I know those terms sound hokey, but when people are more productive or when people are happier, they're actually more productive. Yes, yes. In organizations, like, like we think it's the other way around, but it's actually not. Like, right. ha- like happier people are more productive. Absolutely. Bottom line. <laughs> Absolutely. They are. On their own. They, but we can try to force people to be productive and hope that it makes them happy. And it's like, actually. That's the reverse. Oh, my God. It happens. So let me force you to be productive because I know that's going to make you happy. I know. It's the other way around. We keep it real. Black History Month. We know what forced labor look like. You know, we know what oh forced productivity actually is about. Yes. 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 Connection. <laughs> Check. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in it, in, and I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate that in some cases, not all, uh, that connection is not made. Right. I mean, there's there's not a connection to the team members happiness and, it, it, that translates to higher productivity, that translates to increased business, increased revenue growth. Mm-hmm. But I, that walk, unfortunately, is not consistently yeah. taken. And yeah. so we can be in a conference room and experience somebody being gaslit and we just let it happen. Or we are on that bandwagon of, you know, oh, that's how we just talk around here or you're too sensitive or whatever it is, rather yeah. than dealing with it, making a very clear, visible statement one that's visible, that that's not accepted on this team in this organization. That's what we need to get to, I believe. And I I think at least starting from a place of listening, right? Mm, And listening to understand, not listening to agree or disagree, but listening to make sure that you really comprehend what the other person is saying to you. Because I actually just did a post on LinkedIn about this too. A leader or a person can be both a bully and a mentor at the same time to two different Right? I witnessed that. that. Where somebody in your organization can be having the best time of their entire career and somebody else can be going through absolute hell because of the same person. Same person. And I think that leaders Mm. within organizations need to be mindful of that particularly when you work with diverse populations, right? Yes, yes. Because 
Yes. It just so happened, you know, I lived that, right? There were some people on my team that's like, oh my God, this person is going to be in my life forever as a mentor, but yet they were a bully to me. Mm. Oh my God, that is so powerful. That is so true. Mm-hmm. I can say, yes, that definitely is possible. And I'd hate to even think or say it, but I believe it probably happens more often yeah. than we realize or pay attention to. Because we, because, because that person is lauded and applauded. And so how could they then treat Zanika one way when they're not treating everybody else? We have some people commenting that totally agree with what you just said. Either they've experienced it or they've seen it. Wow. That is powerful. And so I think that leaders have to be committed to, and we talked a little, a little bit the last time too of really centering voices of people from marginalized populations. Yes. Right. That's the key. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in talking to everybody else and not the marginalized group. Cause you're not getting the full true Correct. picture of what's happening when you're not inclusive. Right. We talk mm-hmm. about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in this space too. Correct. You're not inclusive of the experiences and the voices and what others, the marginalized group are trying to tell you is going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I want those listening to hear me too. When listening I say to understand. Yes. yes. That's another form of gaslighting, right? Now, both of those things can be true. Yes. But I think this is where we have to get to a place where we understand how to stand in our own truth. Yes. And so for me, I can look at that person and say, I am so glad <laughs> that person was a mentor to you, but she was a bully to me. Bully to me. Yes. And I stand yes. in my truth and I don't need you to validate. To validate. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's another form of gaslighting and being, yes, and being able to stand rooted in that truth of your experience. Yeah. And not letting anybody minimize or dismiss the experience as if it was something else or it didn't exist. Just because this person supposedly is all that Mm -hmm. to five other people. (laughs) Right. I mean, wow. That. Yes. See this. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I hate this time. Just like the clock. (laughs) But no, that's why it was so important. I really wanted to focus part one of this part of this two part session on gaslighting around what it is and the impact. Because I will tell you, I would venture to guess that some of the people that are joining us live now and commenting and those that are probably hearing this on the replay, you didn't probably put some of what Zanika gave you as examples in the gaslighting bag. Now you should. Now you're more aware. Now you're more attuned and sensitized to this. It is too important of a potential negative impact for you to dismiss it or to minimize any part of it. So if you've got any questions before we get to part two in a couple of weeks, Please do not hesitate. I think we just got one. How do you start those conversations? Definitely experience something similar and going through it now. But my leadership feels that what I feel isn't true. Gaslight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's someone on Facebook. 
I would, we're going to, I'm going to get that question. I'm going to hold it because what we're going to do is I think it's going to come back in a couple of weeks and we are going to answer that. We're going to give you the what to do. We're going to give you how to have conversations. We're going to give you a lot of different tools and methodologies to help you through what you're going through right now. Okay. In spite of, and I'm just going to be frank, in spite of that leadership you're dealing with. Okay. I've experienced some as well that my leader didn't agree and I had to find ways around that individual. And we'll talk about that in part two of this session in a couple of weeks. So please come back and join us then. And so see, I mean, I knew Zanika, this is, and I'm going to give you the final words before we wrap it. It's, it's live and, and, it, and, and it happens every day, continuously. Mm-hmm. This isn't the first time it's been talked about. This isn't the first time it's, there's been many articles written about it, but for whatever reason, just like everything else we deal with, the level of the occurrence is still there. Mm-hmm. So it's why it's so important to me to continue to highlight these types of things that are happening in the workplace and help our sisters become stronger so that they can be more successful and so they don't have to, to deal with or experience any of the negative impacts of it. So what would be some of your closing words around uh, this topic tonight? And then as we're going to lead into part two in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think one of the things that I I know we're going to get into the nitty gritty when we talk again in a couple of weeks, and I'm so excited for that. But I just want to honor those who are watching and just reiterate that you don't need any leadership to validate your feelings. Mm. And Let's say that again. Let's <laughs> say that again. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt you. Say that again. Yeah, you don't need any leadership structure to validate your feelings. Right. And I want all of my sisters on this on this live stream, those of you who are going to catch the replay, to hear me when I say, and you are allowed to feel your feelings. Yes. You know, for so long, we've been denied the right to feel feel the emotions that run through our right. bodies. Right. And you have a right to them. You're a human being having a human experience. We have full range of emotion within us. Right. That's right. Even anger. That's right. right. We don't like to talk about right. that one, but human being, we all experience yes. all the emotions. Yes. And we're going to talk about, you know, tips and tools and all of that in a couple of weeks, but I just want everyone to know that you don't need a leadership structure to validate your absolutely, absolutely, and you and don't allow anyone to label you. Correct. That angry black woman, that all that. Do not allow anyone to label you. What you feel is what you feel, and it's real. And as she just said, you have the right to feel it, just like everyone else around you in the workplace who do it on a regular basis, mm-hmm. even extremely unprofessional and unprofessional ways. <laughs> so say, say I'm that. so glad. Yes. In unprofessional ways, they do it on a regular basis. So I'm so glad that you had that, that, that guiding principle as your final comment, Seneca, because that's so important. It, it's human nature for us to want some type of validation. Yeah. I get it. Seneca gets it. But what we're trying to tell you is you are worthy without it. You need to know. And when you look in the mirror, see that worth and value. 
above and beyond ex- not inclusive to her point of a leadership structure. And that is when truly you start to shift and make the difference. That's the foundation, right? That we're going to build upon in a couple of weeks is you knowing that. And then when you join us again in a couple of weeks and we're talking about tools and tips, because you know that, then you'll be able to implement these tools and tips and methodologies going forward. So um, uh, we just had to comment. Thank you, ladies. This was great. Can't wait to tune in in a couple of weeks. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, my sister. You, Whenever I reach out, you say yes. And I cannot express how my depth of gratitude for your willingness to come on, partner with me as we do this type of work together to help black and brown women. Thank you again. Of course. Where else I'm going to be? When Linda calls, I show up. Of course. (laughs) You are such a doll. And so for everyone, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks for part two of Gaslighting Impacts talking about how you can address them, how you can handle them and still have a successful career. So join us in a couple of weeks. Again, if you've got any questions, any comments, anything, send us emails, DM us, uh, message Facebook, IG, you'll find us both places, LinkedIn. And even if you wanna send some questions in advance for the two week session, would love to get those, okay? But until then, take care everyone. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.